watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit and in for an orange touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio Heard 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you are doing On the ESPN app Seeing a herd And everything in between At a place on the internet It's um so good you could put a bow on it. That, that's what it is. We have 12 uh, shopping days remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to get on that if you haven't already. But we got QSportsTalk.com for you for free. I mean, think of everything you get at QSportsTalk. You get to see a radio show. You get to get in a live chat during the radio show that you're watching. While you're watching the radio show and chatting, when the radio audience goes to a radio commercial break, you do not. You keep talking. You keep watching. You keep chatting. Because that's what we do for you. That's our guarantee to you. Free or your money back. Absolutely. How's everybody doing? How's your Tuesday going? You ready to rock and roll? You ready to do this thing? I'm ready to do this thing. I hope, uh, I, I can't believe I'm ready to do this thing. I am running on fumes. Uh, actually, technically, I'm running on Mountain Dew. You know, if Uncle Brent's breaking out the Mountain Dew, uh, sleep was not in the forecast last night. It's the only time I drink Mountain Dew, which is not good because it's very counterproductive. It's kind of like that. <sighs> All right, well, I got to do this because I got to stay up. But uh, here goes sleep for the next 24 hours. We did it, baby. We did it. Jordan was there, too. We'll get into it. I'm sure they talked about it during Orange Nation as well. But... Uh, Uncle Brent stayed up last night to greet the Syracuse men's soccer national championship team coming back from the airport. Why? Because Uncle Brent loves you. That's why. So we will get into that certainly plenty throughout the show, but we are running on fumes and Mountain Dew and never underestimate a good nap. I did get a nap in today. It's the key to the nap. It can't be more than an hour. You go more than an hour. You're basically just fell asleep again. You wake up. It's a mess. I found a nice crisp hour. Thumbs up, baby. So we're ready to go. Ready to hear from you throughout the program at 437-7644. In the chat at QSportsTalk.com. You can hit me on Twitter, Brent Axe Media as well. Felicia Leggett Jack is the head coach of the Syracuse women's basketball team. You knew that already. Perhaps you didn't know. And now you know. Because every Tuesday, thanks to our friends at Wegmans and Bill Rapp Superstore, on 
the Dusky Sports Bar and Grill Hotline, Bridge Street in Phoenix. The head coach joins us. Certainly, I would imagine she'll have some thoughts on a national championship won last night. Her own team, as they continue on a quest of uh, a title run of their own at some point in the future. And what awaits them, what finals week is like, what Felicia's up to, uh, latest for the Syracuse women's basketball team. We go right to the source. Coach Jack will join us at 515. We'll hear from Coach Mack as well. Now, Coach Ian McIntyre of your uh, Syracuse soccer national champions is going to join us for an interview tomorrow, right? Let the man sleep. I was there. I saw him. At 2 in the morning, it's 14 degrees out. We're talking soccer because where else would you rather be than right there in that moment? Uh, So we're going to let the guy sleep a little bit and take care of some uh, texts and messages he's got to send back of congratulations. And then uh, tomorrow we will have him on the program to discuss uh, what was an amazing championship game, championship run, an amazing championship team as we will get into here on the show. But we'll listen into a few things that Coach Mack said last night after the game. Hot takes, we'll look at. I'm no different than anybody else today. I mean, Mike Leach is one of those guys that just based on his interviews and his colorful personality, certainly wasn't perfect, but he just felt like that, you know, that cool uncle that everybody knew. And if you cover college football in any capacity, like everybody's got a Mike Leach story. Plus, uh, maybe the Buffalo Bills were listening to my show yesterday. We've got a far reach on this program digitally. QSportsTalk.com. I know some people in Western New York that are regular listeners to this program. Perhaps word got up to Brandon Bean. The Bills make me wanna kick your heels up. Something Uncle Brent was talking about yesterday. So we will certainly get into that. Jim Beheim was oh, and I loved every second of it. He was in not rare form because Jim's like this often, but just shooting straight at the target at the post-game press conference last night and. Look, everybody was distracted last night. The scene at the Dome was incredible, as pretty much everybody's like, what's the soccer score? What's the soccer score? Watching the soccer game. The soccer game goes into overtime, so they can't show it on the big screen because they had to go into basketball mode, right? And everybody, it just, it's, I've had this feeling as, as a teacher. You just know you've lost the class, and you got to get them back somehow. That was the Dome last night. Like, they lost the class. So, uh, we'll listen in on a few things that Jim had to say and go over that win. It was a win, after all, over Monmouth. But we start with, um, I believe I'm supposed to say, ole, 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 ole. What a game. What a team. What a moment. The 80th national championship in the history of Syracuse University. Syracuse is now just the fifth Division I school that has a national champion in football, men's basketball, and men's soccer. I haven't confirmed this. I am doing the research on this. I believe, though, Syracuse, if you add men's lacrosse to that list, could be the only school there. I'm not entirely sure on that, so I'll circle back on that one, let you know when we find that, unless somebody wants to do the research for me. That's always nice. Less work for me. But this team and what they did last night. And let's be honest here, a sport that I don't talk about often on this show, and I have nothing against it. I'm not one of these people that say, eh, shocker, it's too slow. It's, I get it. I totally get it. I understand. I mean, think about the generations of kids that have played soccer in this country. Many of them outgrow it. Some of them stick with it in some capacity, either as a fan 
Video games have been huge for certain sports, and soccer is one of them. The feeling you get, some people you know, will go to Europe, and we'll see how they get caught up in it, or a foreign country of some sort, and see how they get caught up in it, or are friends with somebody that played it. There's, there's so many ways into the sport. I get why people get hooked on it. I love the World Cup. I don't know what's going on. But I love the pageantry of it. I'm not a fan of it being in Qatar this year and that whole thing. But, you know, to see those two matches come down to PKs, we were sitting here in studio watching it. And Team USA made a a pretty decent run this year until they got knocked out. And what the future of American soccer seems to be. The World Cup's going to be here in four years. Like, I totally get it. I watched Ted Lasso, right? I just am not somebody that... (laughs) really knows it's happening. I get the basics. But you didn't have to know soccer to watch that last night and be totally invested in it. To see the scenes from the JMA Wireless Dome in particular. Now picture a lot of people. I always picture, you know, Major League. Remember the movie Major League, of course, and when they're in the playoff game with the Yankees and just the whole city everywhere is captivated by this game. Right, and they keep showing like the bar and different places around the city. That was what I was thinking last night, because the dome was captivated. There was the great deal that Syracuse did to let people in for ten bucks to watch the game on the big screens and then stick around for the basketball game, which on the surface was not a very uh, pleasing matchup. But Monmouth had other ideas, as we will get into, particularly not just the first half. They hung in there for a while before Syracuse finally pulled away at that one, right? I mean, players openly keeping an eye on the screen at halftime wanted to watch the game, getting scolded by Jim Beheim for it. And can you blame him? Like, everybody was in on this. And, you know, look, social media is not everything, but social media can give you a strong indication of what people are into. Not a tweet on my timeline was not about that game. And first half starts out, and Nathan Apuku scores first. For Syracuse. And I said on this show yesterday, and I am happy to be wrong about this. But I said the way that Indiana's goalie has been playing, based on my very, you know, rudimentary knowledge of this, but I know this that dude did not let in a goal the entire NCAA tournament. 360 minutes of soccer. One of the best goaltenders, goalkeepers in the country, right? It's a soccer terminology. I got to get down. It's goalkeeper in soccer, right? I said, if they score one goal, that might be enough. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. No, 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 no. So it was funny because the night started for me, and I never do this. You know, one thing that I love about my family is dinner time is dinner time, okay? We sit down, we have dinner, there's no devices, the TV's not on, for the most part, once in a while on a Sunday, like I'll leave the TV on and kind of keep an eye on it, but dinner time last night, laptop on the table watching the soccer game, and it was partially for work, because I knew I was going to write a column about this game. I just knew I had to, even though I was, frankly, afraid to, because I'm not a soccer expert by any means, but I know how to tell a good story once in a while, and I feel like I can least distill it down for people like me that are like, I don't know what's going on, but man, this is exciting, right? And the things you don't know, you ask. So you don't look like a complete boob, right? 
So there we are sitting at, at dinner, and my wife and my daughter are just like, what is going on right now? Like, you are so into this. I'm like, yes, I am. And then Indiana scores. And I near threw the fork across the room. But then I'm telling you, I wish I would have tweeted this because you've got to document these things digitally. I swear to God, though, in that moment, I said, this is going to go to PKs. This is a game that is a match. See, match. That is going to go to PKs. I just had this weird feeling. I swear on everything in that moment. Okay, so then 86 seconds later, Syracuse scores again. Barely get a sub in there. Boom, 2-1. to one. And It goes to halftime, 2-1. to one. And then the second half begins, and man, was Syracuse playing with fire. Look, Indiana is the juggernaut. They are the program. They are it. 36 straight. NCAA tournaments, eight national titles, 17 college cup appearances. Like, they're it. Their coach has won more games than anybody. This is the gold standard program. This is John Wooden, UCLA, whatever comparison you want to make. And they're getting good chances. And Apuka almost knocks it into his own net, goes off the crossbar. Russell Shealy comes out. It's one of my favorite stories from last night, by the way, which we'll get into. But grabs it. But you just knew Indiana's going to score here because Syracuse was just playing with fire enough to avoid getting burned. And then what happens? That's hot. They got burned. Ten minutes left. Indiana scores. You say, okay, here we go. Now, I did not know this. I don't think a lot of people knew this because think of the massive general audience that's just watching this. And. See, there's different things about college soccer than what we've been watching in the World Cup. In the World Cup, the clock goes up. In college soccer, it's just a traditional countdown, right? I didn't know what overtime was like. I knew there was some sort of overtime, but I'm going in assuming next goal wins. Oh, no, not anymore. This was actually the first year they're going to play a full 20 minutes, two 10-minute periods. All right, giddy up. No one scores. I'm glad those World Cup games set me up for this because there is n- – I can't have a comparison here. Like, when I was watching the World Cup matchups, I didn't have, you know, a dog in in the race. But when you got a dog in the race, if you will, when you're investing in it in some way and it goes to PKs, is there anything more stressful from that? I didn't mind that, by the way. Look, as a hockey fan, would I like it if the Stanley Cup was decided by a shootout? I would absolutely hate it. But they're different sports, and they're used to it, and it's just like, well, we played 110 minutes, so we got to decide this thing, okay? They said we got to be out of here by 10, so we better figure this out. How stressful is that? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And see, this is my favorite thing about this. The goalie, I think, goes into PKs knowing they're probably going to give up a few goals because they're at such a disadvantage, Right? You got to pick a side and stick with it. You got to jump up. You've got this huge net. That's always the the big thing people joke about soccer. I got this huge net. How come they only score two goals a game, right? But they're at such a disadvantage. You got to make that one save. And Russell Shealy made two saves. And when he made that last save, like you could just see it on his face. I asked him about this, and I'll, I'll play back that audio. I asked him about it, and you could just see it in his face. Like, he knew. 
He knew that Sinclair was going to step up and like it or not, whether you feel like this is a way you should decide a national champion or not. Sinclair steps up there and a championship was won. Anthony Sinclair, the senior from Costa Rica, to do what was unthinkable months ago. for the first time in program history. Great call there on ESPNU. And, you know, not only was Shuley save, like, my favorite moment in the game, I just love that PKs allowed everybody to get some sort of recognition because that doesn't always happen in soccer, right? Apuku has a goal and an assist. He did the same thing Friday night against Creighton, and he is one of the leading scorers on the team. He's going to kind of take some of the credit. Chile's going to get all the credit or all the blame based on, like, there's certain figures that just pop, but everybody, not that they don't in regulation time or overtime, but PKs, it's right there. It's as simple as it gets. It's one-on-one. And you can go down the list, and you can look at the box score, and you can see everybody contributed. That felt like a team anyway, and you cannot have a championship team without hearing the things that Ian McIntyre said last night. We're going to listen to some of them here coming up. But here's what he said last night about, and Sheely repeated it. I, I think every player on this team would repeat something along these lines. Look, how about that? A World Cup that uh, overlaps a college season. Um, it's, you, you get a group, and we just, I said to them afterwards, right, you, you get a special group, you just want to spend time with them, uh, even on the bus, right? Like, uh, it's just uh, enjoying the moment, and from the start of preseason, this group, um, they've worked, we've worked a lot with our group off the field as well as on. The, the culture, the, you know, we talk about this being a really talented group, but us being better than just the talent on our roster. Uh, and a group did, uh, when we were stressed, uh, our guys responded. That's always the common denominator, isn't it? They enjoy spending time with each other, maybe even more off the field than on it the chemistry, the culture, you see these guys more than anybody, and that's got to work. And if something's broken there, there's no way you can have success on the field. Some are just super teams that are full of, depending on what sport it is, five-star athletes, whatever the case may be, it can get by on talent alone. But that's always the thing. Russell Shealy said the same thing. The guy could barely talk. He was so emotional, probably a little tired as well at 2 in the morning when they got back. But he said the same exact thing. I know I'm listing some favorites here, but maybe you've seen the video on my timeline. How about 1.53 a.m.? I marked the time. Jesse Edwards shows up. About 50, 60 people just waiting. Now, shout out to, I'm going to leave some names out here, so I don't want to start listing names. But real credit to people at Syracuse that let everybody in. Like, it was cold. It was 15 degrees cold, and there were. I got there at 1 a.m., and there was already people there, and autos outside, and it's like, yeah, we don't think they're going to be here on time. Why don't you guys come on in? And people got to hang out in in the football lounge, right? And that was great. Everybody was just happy and telling stories of the game, and there there were some snacks, and Jordan was happy. We had snacks. Uncle Brent was happy. I needed some Mountain Dew, and there it was, right? So then when we knew they were coming, okay, let's go outside. So we were out there for probably about 20 minutes, just kind of waiting for 
the team to come back, the police escort. And I mean, somebody joked like you need a police escort at two o'clock in the morning, but it's cool. You know, that's it's more the, the, the cool thing of being honored in that way. Right. To get the buses there as quickly as possible. And there, Jesse Edwards rolls up. Right. I call, I might have missed somebody else that was there. And pardon me if I did, if there, I missed another student athlete of sorts. But it was just a great mix of students, media, SU staffers. And look, how about them, you know, coming there on their own time at one thirty in the morning to two thirty in the morning to, to make this a thing and help us organize, you know, a little bit of a media thing and just whatever. Just like they didn't have to do half of what they did last night. And they did. And they deserve a big shout out for that because that's how you do it. Right. But that I just thought that was so cool. Here's Jesse Edwards. He's a big soccer fan. I mean, obviously, Netherlands, U.S., he was into it when that happened in the World Cup. And I think he's just a fan. Like, to see how many people were there, see Jesse get out of the car, and, you know, he's you know, he stands out because he's Jesse Edwards. And they're all fans of him. He was there. He was a fan of them. And I think the, the guys appreciated that when they got off the bus. Like, just they had a different look on their face when they saw him there. So there's just a lot of little moments like that. And we'll listen back to a few more things that Ian McIntyre said. And ultimately, uh, what you have here is a story of not only a national championship team, but a national championship team no one saw coming. This team was picked to finish near the bottom of the ACC. This team did not make the NCAA tournament last year. But make no mistake about it, this was a culmination of what Ian McIntyre has done at Syracuse. And I'm going to leave out a whole lot of names that deserve credit, but it starts with him. Six of the eight NCAA tournaments this team has gone to under Coach McIntyre. 2015, first college cup run, first ACC tournament championship participation. Like All the run of, they had at one time, it just ended last year, Syracuse had the longest streak of first-round picks at MLS. They just put their first two players in the World Cup. Like, I actually asked Ian this question last night, and we'll play back the answer later. Why was 2022 your year? Starts with him. He got here in 2010, and it's not a coincidence that a windfall of success that this program has seen has come under him. They used to be just another program, and now they're a championship team. And he deserves, I think, the lion's share of credit. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. We talked about um, at the, the ACC run, um, uh, trying to do something magical. Then after that, like you have that big high, and then we said, well, what can we do now? And then we talked about doing something kind of legendary. I know it's a little bit cheesy, a little bit kind of cliche, but we just did something really remarkable, and uh, uh, we've come a long way. And um, uh, this group, uh, some guys have gone through... Uh, some real challenges the last couple of years. We added some new faces this year. Um, some of our younger guys have grown up, and uh, this journey that we've been on has been um, has been amazing. Yeah, the soccer team wanted more. 
They felt it. They said, okay, we won the ACC. Let's do something legendary. Let's do something nobody saw. I mean, it was right in the call on ESPNU last night when it came down to that last PK. Anthony Sinclair, the senior from Costa Rica, to do what was unthinkable months ago. for the first time in program history. It was unthinkable. It was certainly not unthinkable for Indiana. If anything, it was expected. That's a team that's been to 36 straight NCAA tournaments, 17 title games, eight championships in the books. Syracuse winning a national championship. Not that I was well-tuned in the soccer world to start with, but even I knew if I, I had proclaimed such a thing when their season started, you would have looked at me funny. I think even the most diehard, and look, the soccer team's got some diehard fans that show up to the soccer stadium. It's loud. It's been like that all year long. And Coach McIntyre shouted them out last night as uh, we, we went there. Jordan and I were talking about it during the Q Sports Talk break, and it was worth every second of it, and I'm so glad I did. Look, sometimes you just got to see it, taste it, and in this case, feel it. In this case, feel the cold, see the people hear the things, look at the reactions on their faces. Video is is something that's evident in this world, but you just got to be there sometimes. And I just knew I had to be there last night. Jordan texted Brian and I. Brian, uh, Jordan, and I have kind of like a running text going, just, you know, show stuff, what guests are you talking to, just so we're kind of in the loop. And uh, Jordan sent a text like basically like, oh, unless you want to go talk to them at 1 a.m. when they get back. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going. Now think about this. If you listen to the show, you know how much Uncle Brent values his beauty sleep. Now, I don't mind staying up late to to write game stories, to write columns. Like that's part of the gig because you work in sports. The games end late sometimes. It's just the way it goes. But that's I, I'll I'll pat myself on the back a little bit here. That's going the extra mile. But I knew I had to. I knew to really capture you know the the great Dickie Dunn. You know, slap shot, just trying to capture the spirit of the thing. Reg, there's no way I could have captured the spirit of that thing unless we went. And we did. And, you know, even being in the lounge beforehand, and again, big, big shout out to, I don't know who I have to thank for this. Like Tyler was there. Uh, Susie was there. Jen was there. Liv was there. They they know who I'm, who you, you probably don't know who these people are, but they're SIDs and people that work at Syracuse and do an incredible job. And people at SU, they're just like, come hang in the football lounge. It's cold out there, right? About, I'd probably say 40, 50 people at the peak, probably about 60 people that they did not, make stand in the 15 degree weather for 45 minutes. Now, come in, get warm. When we know the team's coming, we'll go back out. And we went back out and it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. No doubt about it, but worth every darn second of it. There's something, and we're listening to a couple more things Coach McIntyre said here, but there's the best way I can describe this, there is a glaze. It's going to sound like a weird word. There's a glaze over the face of athletes that won a championship. They're just in their own world, and you can't shake them out of it. They're in such disbelief. I tried to have a conversation with Russell Shealy, the goalie last night. God bless the man for talking to me. Like, he was just in a different world. He just, he said it a few times. I'm sorry, I just, I can't put words together right now. And there's nothing like that. And it's like, man, you are more than okay. That's that, even the most, like, Hardened, trained athletes, when they win a title, 
It, you ever notice that glaze that just comes over their face where they're just like, I don't, you could do anything to me in the world right now, and I would not care. A couple more from Coach McIntyre. Deep into the night. We were growing and evolving during the whole year. Uh, went through tests, you know, the gauntlet of ACC soccer, a tough non-conference schedule. Uh, and talk to the guys afterwards. You know, that was three ACC uh, tournament games, five NCAA tournament games. This team hasn't uh, didn't lose since mid uh, October. Um, it's a it's a special group of young men. You know, we're here. It's freezing. You guys are out at two o'clock in the morning. We've got snow on the ground, and we've just played a game on the last day of the college soccer season. Just um, the memories. The it's it's a really special group. It is. It was a special group to watch. It was a special group to talk to. It was a special group that you can't win a championship unless you have the intangibles. You can have all the talent in the world, and they had the talent, and they hadn't lost since that moment, and they knew they had something special. It's maintaining that. And you just hear so many stories about chemistry. We talk to Felicia Legette Jack every week at this time. We'll talk to Coach Jack in just a couple minutes. She talks about this all the time. Chemistry, off the court, locker room, right? Coaches can say that, but you do have to build that, and the word is culture. You have to build the culture. Now, we gave you the 2 a.m. clips, but Coach McIntyre, in probably a much warmer situation than last night, I was asked post-game, was this realistic? Is this something that you felt like this team could do when the season started? Uh, no, because we've got the English guys involved in that coaching <laughs> staff. So we never win a penalty shootout. Um, that's why we uh, recruit Germans, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, the answer is that's no. I can, I can. Uh, it, it's a terrific group, and we kept growing and evolving and getting better and better. Um, but no, we uh, look. <laughs> I talked to you guys. We were trying to get a home uh, home game in the ACC tournament. There you go. That's Coach McIntyre uh, from a terrific win last night. We do have to sneak to another break because we want to leave some time to talk to another coach, Coach Felicia Legat Jackson. Joins us at this time every Tuesday. Presented by Wegmans and Bill Rapp Superstore. We'll do it next.